This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z, coming to you from Studio 63 down here in Bayou Country. Looks like Hurricane Lee may send some of its effects to the northeastern portion of the United States of America and possibly Nova Scotia, but it will likely be less impactful than a typical nor'easter. The liberal, progressive, mainstream, leftist, Democratic Party supporting mainstream media is starting once again to turn on gropey Joe Biden, most likely because they don't have a choice. The glaringly obvious lack of mental acuity on the part of the sitting president is the stuff of jokes in bars, around the water cooler, at the coffee clutch, and especially in our foreign adversaries' meeting rooms. Joe Biden is not only incapable of doing the job, he is an outright bold-faced liar, a dog-faced pony soldier liar. And guess what? Even that expression has no basis in reality. I'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I'd like to play for you a senior CNN reporter named Daniel Dale. He called out President Biden for having told more whoppers of lies than Burger King sells on an average busy work week. The article says, CNN's Daniel Dale fact-checks President Biden's stories. Yeah, this president has a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past, his biography. He did it three times in one speech last month alone. Uh, he claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later. He claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital. In fact, his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state, not, not the same hospital. Um, and he, he's made a whole bunch of others too. Uh, he said at one point, Republicans like to bring this up, he said that he used to drive a tractor trailer he used to drive an 18-wheeler. Never happened. The White House later clarified he used to drive a school bus at one point for as a, as a job briefly. School bus, of course, not an 18-wheeler. So whatever his intentions, whether it's you know foggy memory about stuff that's going on decades ago or deliberate embellishment, this is an unfortunate pattern that keeps coming up again and again with Joe Biden. And of course, you recall the lie about Corn Pop was a bad dude and I almost wrapped him in the head with a chain. And he claims he visited a synagogue after a school shooting had occurred there. Oh, the lies of Joe Biden go on and on and on. This is the leader of our country. This is the guy who represents you and me on the world stage. He doesn't remember what he does from day to day, so his mind lets him make up stories about crap that never happened. He claims he was arrested at a civil rights protest. That too never happened. I don't get it. How can people keep supporting this clown? Meanwhile, the White House's claim on Monday about why President Joe Biden allegedly did not commemorate 9-11 at one of the attack sites has also been found out to be a lie. Peter Ducey of Fox News reported Monday that the White House responded to his question as to why Biden was in Hanoi, Vietnam during the commemoration of the September 11, 2001 attacks on the U.S. by stating presidents do not visit Pearl Harbor two decades after the event. The analogy that Peter Ducey was given was that 22 years after Pearl Harbor, U.S. presidents were still not going to Hawaii. Well, my friends, that's not true. The claim doesn't hold up. The John F. Kennedy Presidential Library posted in their Twitter account on December 7th of 2020 that the late Democratic president visited the USS Arizona on the 22nd anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1963. 
The presidential library of John F. Kennedy's account wrote, quote, Today the country marks the anniversary of the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. In 1963, President Kennedy visited the USS Arizona Memorial and laid a wreath for those who perished in the surprise attack. Of course, the White House has not responded to a request for comment. Since 2001, presidents have participated in the September 11th memorials either in New York, the Pentagon, or Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Former President George W. Bush and Barack Hussein Obama spent one anniversary each commemorating the attacks from the White House instead of visiting one of the three attack sites. But Joe Biden was partying, having a good time over there before his nine o'clock bedtime. He lied, of course. Joe Biden's claim, quote, Ground Zero, New York. I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand, he wasn't there. He was not there. C-SPAN's actual video coverage of U.S. Senate proceedings the day after the attacks on September 12th showed that Joe Biden was nowhere near ground zero as he lied. Joe Biden was in Washington, D.C. and actually gave a speech on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Records show the Senate met in the morning. A classified briefing was held for all senators in the afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Records also show that Joe Biden participated in a joint resolution vote condemning terrorist attacks later that afternoon. Biden was the Democratic manager of the resolution. So why is he lying to the American people, telling us that he was at ground zero the next morning? According to a report by the New York Post, Biden contradicted his own claim in his autobiography, detailing his actions after the attacks. Biden said in a book that he, quote, headed back to the Capitol on September 12th and made no mention of visiting Ground Zero that day. Gannett Newswire report from September 12, 2001 stated clearly, Delaware Senator Joe Biden spent Wednesday exactly where he wanted, in the U.S. Senate, unquote. The liar in cheat, my friends, gropey Joe Biden, who couldn't tell you the truth if it meant it helps him. He would rather lie and die than tell the truth because the truth is nothing to him. Typical Democratic Party politician. Guess how much the new Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2023 vaccine is going to cost. And we're talking dollars and cents costs, not the actual human life toll that this vaccine will end up costing after all of the RNA and DNA backfires occur. We're talking about dollars and cents. Fox News' Christine Roussel says the updated COVID vaccine will be priced at between $120 to $130 per dose. The vaccine manufacturers announced this yesterday, September 12th. Speaking at an advisory panel meeting at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, executives from Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna, and Novax laid out their pricing structure for the new updated China virus vaccines. The Pfizer vaccine will be about $120 per dose, according to Reuters. The Moderna vaccine will be $129 per dose. Hey, where's Johnson & Johnson? Where's the Janssen vaccine? Have they just told them, sorry, you're out? You don't get to play anymore? The Novax vaccine will be a bit more expensive, $130 per dose. But the Novax vaccine, that must be the replacement for the Janssen, I guess. 
Unlike others, the Novax vaccine does not use mRNA and is still awaiting final FDA approval, according to their website. The pricing announcement comes a day after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved and authorized the updated RNA versions of the China virus vaccine for emergency use. Those two vaccines, manufactured by the winners, as I call them, Pfizer and Moderna, the companies heavily invested in by certain politicians who shall remain nameless and are reaping in the trillions, and I say trillions because it likely is, dollars of tax money and incentives formulated more closely to target the currently circulating variants, is what they say, the Omicron XBB 1.5. The vaccines have been formulated to provide better protection against serious consequences of COVID-19, including hospitalization and death, according to a release from the agency. Here's the rub. As many people are dying today of COVID in the United States under Joe's watch, as died last year under Joe's watch, as died the year before under Joe's watch, and that is higher than the number per month who died while Donald Trump was the president. The shots are approved for anyone over the age of five who has not received a COVID jab in the last two months. And if you're between six months and four years old, if you've previously been vaccinated against COVID, you can now receive the updated vaccine depending on how close it is to your prior dose. I shall not put this poison into my body and you can't make me. There is a horrible rumor running around on planet Earth right now, particularly in the United States of America, by all of you racist, bigoted, homophobic, transphobic, black-hating Americans. <laughs> Tommy Norton writes in Newsweek, Fact check. Did Camel Toe Harris compare 9-11 to January 6th? Joe Biden's administration is facing fresh criticism this week over the president's decision to not visit Ground Zero in commemoration of the September 11th terrorist attacks. Shame on you, Joe Biden. You're useless. Instead, Joe Biden was in Alaska. He wasn't at any of the other memorial sites at all to remember the thousands of American lives lost to terrorist attacks by illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing, invading migrants. You know, illegal aliens. Biden was not the only White House member, however, to face scrutiny. As one conservative commentator told his YouTube viewers, Vice President Kamala Harris tried to equate the events of 9-11 with the January 6th U.S. Capitol riots. The claim, during a YouTube video posted on September 11th of this year, viewed more than 130,000 times, Conservative commentator Benny Johnson claimed that Camel Toe Harris had dared to compare the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001 with the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021 by a few supposed Trump supporters. Johnson was in the process of interviewing America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, who was the mayor of New York City on the day of 9-11. He was also a Trump attorney, as we all know. He says, in fact, Kamala Harris just moments ago was saying that January 6th is just like September 11th. This is a day that will live in infamy, she said. But here's the facts. Harris did indeed make previous comparisons between those two events. She made the comment first on January 6th of 2022 as part of a speech addressing the one-year anniversary of the overturning of some file cabinets at the U.S. Capitol. 
She began her speech by mentioning the bombing of Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, and then mentioning the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, and then the so-called Capitol Riot of January 6, 2021, saying each was marked in the collective memory of the U.S. as days where our democracy came under assault. She said, Certain dates echo throughout the history, including dates that instantly remind all of us who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault, days that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory, December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Johnson was speaking to Giuliani about Camel Toe's appearance at Ground Zero in New York on Monday, an event that Giuliani attended but just bailed out and left because it was an insult to have Harris there. Harris, of course, was pictured alongside Mayor Eric Adams and New York Governor Kathy Hochul. However, Harris's comments were arguably not just moments ago, as stated. However, the ruling is true. Camel Toe Harris, in this fact check, did dare to make a comparison between September 11th, where thousands of Americans were killed by illegal criminal aliens, and January 6th, where a two-drawer file cabinet was opened and papers were shuffled around an office, a glass window was broken, and a table lamp was overturned. Oh, and of course, where Ashley Babbitt, a white woman, an unarmed U.S. Air Force veteran, was slaughtered, gunned down in cold blood while she was unarmed by a black, cowardly Capital cop who got a promotion and was cleared of any wrongdoing in the senseless, racist motivated murder of Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol on January 6th. This is what we have to deal with in the United States of America. Filthy liars, Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris. We found another Joe Biden lie. <clears throat> this time it is in the publication America Insider. David Ruffle writes, Joe Biden's worst lie? We found it. Joe Biden's White House press secretary, the quota hire, French Dip, the woman dubbed Buckwheat by a Nashville talk show host. The president, she says, has done more to secure the border and deal with the issue of immigration than anybody else. She really has. She emphasized this to those stunned in disbelief. This is perhaps the worst lie of the Biden administration, which has overseen the fundamental destruction of our U.S. border. America has witnessed a historic and unprecedented illegal immigration crisis since Joe Biden took office. In the year 2022 alone, the U.S. encountered the highest number ever recorded of illegal immigrants at the U.S. southern border, representing a 200% increase from Donald Trump's last year in office in the year 2020. I was going to play Corrine in her actual words from her little anus of a mouth, but we're having some technical issues here with the playback mechanism, so we'll go from there. We did hear Corrine Jean-Pierre also dodging questions about Biden's age, but let's stay on the topic of illegal immigration. Under Donald Trump, Americans had seen the lowest rate of illegal immigration in over 40 years. Under Biden, we've seen the highest rate of illegal immigration in over 60 years. General Michael Flynn, who has personally witnessed the problem, describes the situation under Biden as a mass invasion that is out of control. 
Biden ended Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, which forced foreign nationals seeking to enter the U.S. through our southern border, whether illegally and without proper documentation, to be returned to Mexico. Those individuals were simply told, wait in Mexico while your legal cases are adjudicated. This border security program under Trump kept migrants in Mexico. Biden, on the other hand, opened the floodgates, rolled out the red carpet, rolled out the welcome mat, and created a disaster the moment he ended Trump's Remain in Mexico policy. Basically, this told everyone, come on in, come on through the border, illegally, it doesn't matter. They called Trump a racist, a xenophobe. They called him cruel for his Remain in Mexico policy, and yet now Joe Biden wants it to be a Remain in Texas policy. They don't belong here in the United States. In Texas, in New York, in Chicago, in Miami, in California. They don't belong here. They have no legal, lawful documentation to justify their trespassing, their invasion of our nation. Under Donald Trump, 68,000 migrants were returned to Mexico under the policy, according to the DHS. Those people would need to wait in Mexico while their cases are adjudicated. Biden, on the other hand, allows migrant so-called asylum seekers to just come on in and wait for their court hearings here, enjoying all the benefits and getting real cozy and accustomed to life in the U.S. As a result, the White House has confirmed that some illegal immigrants have even received free cell phones from our government so they can be contacted and checked on in the hopes that they don't disappear within the U.S. before their court hearing. Those phones are often found in dumpsters, garbage cans, and just crushed on the street moments after being handed to the illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants who have no intention of ever checking in or registering. They're just going to get lost and shuffle on in and stay hidden and steal people's social security numbers and get jobs and make money and not pay any taxes, but love to get those benefits. Biden may claim he has done more to secure the border than anybody else, but the direct opposite is actually true. Biden has actually made our immigration crisis worse by far than anyone in U.S. history. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Donald Trump has officially challenged Joe Biden to take a mental acuity test. Trump has argued that a poll published in the Wall Street Journal was designed to convince Americans that Joe Biden is mentally fit to be president. So Trump, in response, has challenged media mogul Rupert Murdoch, President Joe Biden, and the Wall Street Journal leadership to take mental acuity tests alongside of him. Trump says the Wall Street Journal poll was phony and probably rigged. He says it was designed to soften the mental incompetence blow surrounding Biden. In a tweet, or a X, or whatever the hell they call it these days, the Epic Times writes, quote, I hereby challenge Rupert Murdoch and sons, Biden, Wall Street Journal heads, to acuity tests, unquote. Trump issued a challenge, and many are questioning Mr. Biden's mental fitness. Under Biden, Trump said the U.S. is a laughingstock due to the historic and unprecedented illegal immigration crisis. He labeled Biden as a clown, unable to string two sentences together. Gee, that sounds like what I've been saying for the last two and a half years. But of course, Joe Biden thinks he's mentally fit as he mumbles and fumbles and bumbles and stutters and stammers and shudders and sputters. This guy does not deserve to be in office. He has been an embarrassment and continues to be an embarrassment to we, the people. And inflation continues to surge well above expectations despite the Fed's continuous hikes on interest rates, 
which are putting people out of the market for new cars, new furniture, new homes, and any other purchase that they might have to finance. Will Kessler writes in the Daily Caller, inflation rose significantly in August, marking the second month in a row that inflation is ticked up. This according to the latest Bureau of Labor Statistics figures released on Wednesday. The Consumer Price Index rose 3.7% in August after it rose 3.2% in July. Comparing, of course, this to the last inflationary rises by Joe Biden, which peaked at 9.1%, I believe it was June or July of 2022. E.J. Anthony is a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Grover Herman Center of the Federal Budget. He says, quote, This will be the second acceleration in a row, showing that inflation is anything but dead. Although we've been told that inflation has been trending back towards 2%, that's false. If anything, the annualized monthly data shows it is trending towards 3 and climbing once again. The Federal Reserve, in an attempt to lower inflation, raised its federal funds rate to the highest point since 2001, this after a series of already 11 rate hikes, bringing the current rate around 5.5%. And that's what they charge the banks. The banks are charging you considerably more. The highest mortgage rates in a decade, thanks to Bidenomics, thanks to Joe Biden. An article by Mike Goodwin in the New York Post titled, Time to Stop Joe Biden's Power Play to Protect Himself and His Family. The decision by Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy to open an impeachment inquiry into President Biden is drawing predictable howls and scowls from Democrats as well as their media handmaidens. Some faint-hearted Republican representatives are also whimpering, you know, those rhinos, as if playing nice might help them keep their jobs. They need to step away from the Kool-Aid. The truth is, if McCarthy had opted against the inquiry, he does not deserve to keep his job, and the GOP wouldn't even deserve to hang on to the House majority. As I said before, we elected Republican representatives to do certain things. Close the border. Fix the border crisis. Fix inflation. Fix the employment issue. Stop the violence. Reduce crime. And of course, and probably most importantly, impeach Joe Biden and jail him and his family for their various myriad crimes. The role of the opposition party, after all, is to oppose, not to capitulate and surrender to the White House, especially a corrupt one, as we are seeing now. It's long past time for the Republicans to play hardball, because that's the only game Democrats play and the only game they will understand. McCarthy said an impeachment inquiry is the next logical step in an investigative process that is both political and legal. He wants to stretch this thing out. McCarthy has no balls. The man is ballsless. Anyone who believes that this isn't just an attempt to kick the can down the road by McCarthy to avoid any type of opposition to Joe Biden is deluding themselves. Under Attorney General Merrick Garland, the handmaiden of the Biden administration, the Justice Department has become a key cog in the White House political machine. It is prosecuting all of the GOP's leading presidential candidate cases. And guess what? That's what Biden wants him to do. But he has stonewalled and just ignored all of the crimes of the Biden crime family. As previously noted in the New York Times, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed Donald Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. 
And while the president has never communicated his frustrations directly to Mr. Gar Garland, he has privately said he wants Mr. Garland to act less like a ponderous judge and more like a prosecutor who is willing to take decisive action over the events of January 6th. McCarthy announced he will open an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Notice the fig leaf that Biden never told Merrick Garland directly what he wanted. He told the New York Times, and of course the New York Times willfully gave the message over. White House aides have never even disputed that report. And it's no wonder because two separate federal indictments soon followed. Trump is scheduled to go on trial during the next campaign. Attaboy, Mr. Garland. That's hardball. Hey, McCarthy, take a freaking hint. Start subpoenaing the president, his wife, his brother, his son, his daughter-in-law, all of the Biden crime family. Put them on the stand. Make them answer for their criminal, unlawful, illegal, immoral, unethical deeds. Meanwhile, the same Merrick Garland Justice Department has been caught multiple times covering up the crimes of Hunter Biden. The prosecutor on the case prepared to let him walk out without any charges at all until two disgusted IRS whistleblowers emerged to tell the House of Representatives GOP wing that the president's son was indeed getting preferential treatment. Soon after that, a federal judge blew up a sweetheart deal between Hunter and the Justice Department that contained a concealed immunity agreement that many veteran prosecutors called unprecedented, unethical, immoral. A well-placed insider has said that top FBI officials never saw the plea deal before it was submitted to the court, and that is a departure from the usual practice. FBI leaders would have objected to the deal because they would have viewed it as being too lenient. And now there is zero interest by justice officials in running down the reams and reams of credible evidence that Joe Biden, while vice president, directly participated in schemes that brought his family a minimum of $20 million from corrupt foreign businesses and individuals. All of this evidence is right there. But Merrick Garland, probably on command of Joe Biden and the Democrat powers that be, are ignoring the evidence that is clear. They're also ignoring the fact that Joe Biden had classified documents in his home, in his library, in his garage, at the Penn Biden Center, illegally. He never had any lawful legal authorization to be in possession of those documents. Did they raid Joe Biden's garage? Hell no. Did they raid his library? Hell no. Did they raid his residence? Hell no. Did they raid the Penn Biden Center? Hell no. Somebody ratted out Joe Biden, and so they had to go after Donald Trump, and they had to raid Donald Trump's house and give Joe Biden a chance to turn over his paperwork. Do you not see the double standard? Do you not see the hypocrisy? The hypocritical Democratic Party. They are calling for Trump to be prosecuted for the same exact things that Joe Biden has done. Except Donald Trump had the authorization, the authority, and the power as the president to be in possession of those classified documents. We haven't even started talking about the Ukraine mystery, the Burisma disaster, or every other impeachable offense like the surrendering of Afghanistan to the Taliban. One sign that the president was forced to move off the outrageous lie that he hid behind for years, that he never spoke to his son about his son's foreign business, all came to light. The lie was still being spread even as it became clear that Hunter Biden's laptop was legitimate and possessed numerous pictures of Joe Biden with the son's business partners and paymasters. Even after Devin Archer, 
Hunter Biden's business partner testified under oath to Congress that Joe Biden, while vice president, was patched in by phone into various meetings with Hunter more than 20 times. The White House still tried to defend him. They changed the tune from had no knowledge of, didn't participate in, now it says was never in business with Hunter Biden. The evidence by Tony Bobolinsky, another former business partner of Hunter Biden, the first whistleblower, identified Joe Biden as the big guy, slated to get a minimum of 10% of the deal, and Hunter was holding it for his father. Another sign the White House is getting nervous on these sob stories in the New York Times and other outlets protective of the Biden administration. The common theme here is that Joe Biden got himself into the jam because he loves his son and he just indulges him too much. Nice try, but the logic doesn't pass the smell test. Is it love that led the father to work with his son in selling the office of the vice president to the highest foreign bidder? Is it love when the father compels the son to turn over half of his salary and the son even complains about that in emails? Joe deserves no special quarter. He deserves no pity. Shame on him and shame for the media trying to hide the sordid truth. The Washington press corps is supposed to uncover scandals, not cover them up to protect the Democrats. If McCarthy or the Republicans are already cowed by the attacks, they better grow a thicker skin. The closer they get to the truth about Joe Biden, the more vicious the Democratic Party will become. And if you are not prepared, Kevin McCarthy, to stand up to the Democrats and suck up a little name-calling, then you should step down today and let someone with some balls into the Speaker of the House role. Folks, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We will see you on the next one. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.